0: Hello, this is a prepaid call from Joe. Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker.
1: And I'm your co-host, I Lucia. We have a special guest back again, uh, Joe's son, Boo, which you might remember from a couple episodes ago. And today he's here because they're going to talk about what it was like to be in a gang, um, especially being a gang as father and son. So the first question for you guys is, how old were you uh, when you joined the gang?
0: Uh, you want to go first, boo? Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, let me see. How old was I? I think I was like maybe 19, 20. I joined when I was in the Marine Corps. Um, so I was around 19, maybe 20 years old when I joined. Um, but yeah, it was about 19 or 20 when I joined.
2: I don't think I might have been. I think I was fifteen. I think I was fifteen when I found out what my dad was, and when I wanted to become associated with the organization he was associated with. I think it was around 15, 16.
1: Okay. Yeah. And... Yeah, you were young. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. young. And why did you both join?
0: Uh well, me, um, it was a little different for me because it didn't. It wasn't presented to me like a criminal organization. Like I say, I was in the Marine Corps, and the guys that I was around at that time, they were members, and I saw how they kicked it or whatever, and it was just like, you know, guys that knew each other and kicked it or whatever, and I just wanted to be a part of that. They introduced it to me, told me about it, but they never told me, like, the, the, the gritty, grimy side of it, not initially anyway. You know, it's just something that I thought we was just going to be like a little group or something, you know. Uh, and that's all I thought it was at first. That's why I joined.
2: Uh, me, I did think
0: it was going to be criminal stuff going on all the time because we was in the Marines. But my bad. Go ahead, boo.
2: Uh, I wanted to join because I, <laughs> I found out that's what my my dad was affiliated with, you know. Like I said before, uh, when we used to go visit him, he had a pitchfork in the middle of his finger, his index finger. By the time I found out what it What it meant, that's what I wanted to be, the same thing.
1: And what did you both have to do to become a member of the gang?
2: Uh, Me, I had, well, let me explain a little bit. Mm
0: -hmm. I had to, uh, what they call, walk the gauntlet. Basically, uh, there was a lot of brothers that were in the area. They were all lined up on each side of me, and I had to walk down the middle of them. And each one of them got to throw punches at me you know, and I had to walk down with the pitchforks in the air and get to the end on my feet, you know, and uh, it took a minute. I, it, it seemed like it was forever because mm-hmm. they were really hitting me. You know, it wasn't nothing, no, no baby taps. These were punches, you know, wherever they wanted to hit me, in the back, you know, in the neck, you know. Uh, some of them tried to swing at my face. I couldn't really move. So, you know, I did a little bit of moving trying to, you know, make sure I didn't get too bad, but uh, that's how I became a member. It was like, when you, they call it like getting beat in or jumped in or whatever. It was basically like that, but it was a little bit more organized than what you might see on TV, where it's just a group of guys and they jump on them and it's just a pile of people beating up one person. It wasn't like that with me. I had to walk down the middle of a whole lot of guys and get to the end of that. Mm. And that's how I became a member.
2: Well, with me... <laughs> It was different because I was, I was young and by the time I found out what well, my dad was affiliated with. Of course, it was younger dudes. I was actually in juvenile. It was the first time I had got placed in DCS custody for breaking in somebody's house. Or I got sent away. And while I was there, that's when I found out what he was mm. and these guys by the time I just told these younger guys that I wanted to be a part of it you know it was like oh, okay it was just like you know gaining new friends it was they wanted to start giving me all this information that would basically solidify or make me official to be the same thing you know it wasn't a real big process it was just like okay you okay you GD down. but uh, later on
1: later
2: <laughs> later on down the line you know when I started going to see my dad and telling him about this information he people that gave me telling me it was incorrect so by the time I got to prison I had to go through the whole process again and that process was um, I had to read uh, the information that they give you that you're supposed to memorize and put me in a cell with um, I think it was like six other guys and then the one guy that you go up under it's is supposed to be one person is basically supposed to be over you just guiding you and teaching you and this guy who I had chose to do that for me, you know, I had to, uh, recite what they call literature and memorize it. And anytime I messed up, I had to start over and, and do it again. And so once we went through that, it was, it was official and then, and you know, this had happened.
0: Yeah. And part of that, you know, too, for, for me, I had to learn things after I walked that dog, you know, uh, it took about six weeks. It was just different pieces of literature like my son just said and, and that I had to learn, I had to know what, what we call like a mandatory six. Is this six different pieces that you had to know, the rules and regulations and creeds and things like that that they want you to recite, you know, and you got to know it. And this is how you become indoctrinated into the game. You start to absorb and, and believe everything that you're reading. And all of that information is, is, like I say, it's part of that indoctrination and grooming process. And you really become or you really feel like you're becoming a part of something because, you know, this stuff is is written, very sophisticated. Uh, It gives you a structure. You know what I'm saying? To go by It's like, oh, this ain't no joke.
2: Right. When you're
0: reading it, you don't get the impression. Well, let me correct that. I didn't get the impression that this is going to be criminal stuff. This is... This is stuff that you would uh um, probably uh recite in fraternities and stuff like that. Not the same stuff but in the same format. You know what I mean? It's serious, it's it's talking about your love for the organization, the brotherhood and and the chairman and all of these types of things. So it, it it gave you a sense of purpose that um mm-hmm. it really was it was misleading, but it gave you a sense of purpose that, you know, this is something serious, you know what I'm right. saying? So yeah. Yeah, and real, you know,
2: and to and to your surprise, it actually <laughs> has a lot of wisdom in some of it. there no, ain't no doubt. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's it's very sophisticated stuff, and and if it were just if it were applied just as it's written, oh, it it could be a good thing. It could be a good thing, but if that's not how it's applied, that's part of the process to get your mind, and then after that, they use that kind of stuff to control you. You know what I mean? And that's just what it
1: is. All right. Yeah. Okay, so now the next question, um, I think this is going to be very interesting for a lot of people. So if you could maybe describe, uh, you know, everyday life as a gang member.
0: Well, in here, and I can only speak about in here because I was out there just a short amount of time as a gangster. But in here, it's basically you hang around, you know, the other brothers and, uh Whatever's going on within the organization um, that's what you participate in, and like a lot of times the stuff that the stuff that will be going on is, is 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 organizational related meaning uh you might have an issue with brothers' this arguing and fighting with each other, so we got these laws that govern how we have to deal with that situation, and so we you know we we handle it according to the rules that we all say we submit to um and other than that, you know it's basically watching out for each other. Uh, we break bread with each other as much as you can, and all of that kind of stuff. And and huh, the criminal aspect of it is deep. You know that you know you're getting money, uh, mm. whether you're selling drugs or, 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 or uh, you're not supposed to do certain things. You got these rules that say you're not supposed to do, you know, extort people, rob, and all this stuff. But that nobody really pays attention to that. You know, mm. they just do whatever it is that they want to do, you know, on a daily basis, as long as they don't get caught. I and mean, then if they do get caught, you know, that's when politics come into play. You know, you start to play fast and loose with the rules. And if you know whoever is in charge of that building or that, that compound, you you can usually manipulate your way out of it. And if you don't know them that close, you're not that close to them, uh, you're going to get put in the wreck, you know. And basically what that means is you, if you get found guilty of whatever it is, if it's a serious charge, you, you go on a cell with somebody. Uh, it, it'll usually be depending on what the punishment is. If you get six minutes, we got different punishment. If you get six minutes from six brothers, that means you go on a room with uh, six other brothers, and they and you fight basically. Oh, and you fight, yeah. And th- if you if they say you can cover up, that means you can fight back and cover up. If they say no cover up. You gotta put your hands up in there. And you gotta take them licks. Oh wow! You know, and that's yeah, that's just what it is, and everybody agrees to submit to that, and that's what everybody gets. You know, other than that, it's just looking out for each other, you know, uh, and that kind of stuff. But it's really, <laughs> it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's, it's just not. It's presented in one way, but it's the reality of it is totally different. Now, Boo might have a different perspective, you know what I'm saying? But that's that's what you do on a daily basis when you're part of an organization. GD, anyway.
2: Yeah, my my experience was, whew, I don't even know how to how to even. It was my my experience. It's it's I can't say in no shape form. I can't say in no kind of way that I, that it was good because in trying to accept whatever my brain was say was good for me or becoming or whatever or helping build my character it was all toxic and unhealthy it was still a part of you know the kind of a similar lifestyle that i live you know abiding by whatever abiding by whatever rules or guidelines that had been put together to make this organization whatever whatever parts was supposed to be good of it was still a part of something that was unhealthy. And the people that were a part of it, uh, mindsets were unhealthy and not and they couldn't see through a lens of how how I felt we should carry ourselves as, as men, period. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the moments that I did enjoy, We were (laughs) we were seeing it. We were seeing life from a different lens. So Mm -hmm. yeah, in that life, in that if I have to go back and say, well, in that life, yeah, that was good to me because I agreed Mm -hmm. with that life. I agree with that lifestyle. So, but you know, but like my dad said, you know it was it was us hanging out doing stuff together whether it was working out whether it was uh eating together you know looking over each other you know what I'm saying protecting each other whether it came to walk into the shower or back from the shower or, you know, going to other units or other pods, or, you know, we always had what they would call security and stuff like that. And from, and from a, and from a survival standpoint, all of these things would come off as, you know, great things. And, and, but when you looked at a, a lot of that, also had, uh, Cons to it too because, one, yeah. while even though we were protecting ourselves, other people, other human beings were, were being mistreated to make sure our yeah. security oh. was what it was to each other. For instance, we could be making sure. Uh, we were protected walking back from the shower. But if somebody accidentally got in the way, uh, sometimes these people, you know what I'm saying? Some the aggression or, or whatever was said to people, which our brothers wasn't, all of them wasn't that way. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, that's a human being too. I mean, mm-hmm. if we all love each other the way we should, just as humans, you know, we wouldn't have to do what we doing, but you know, but and like he said, uh, It came with what we would look at as a lot of – Pros too, you know, having <laughs> having that having having that security that mm. a lot of people in prison don't have, or having guys that would have your back, whether you was right or wrong in situations, so you could get away with that. I had several mm. situations that, that I was in the wrong for, but that I was in the wrong for. But these these brothers would agree and, and be on my side because we were that, and that also came <laughs> with. Being able to get over on other people or take advantage of situations, oh. but you know, I, it, you know, it, 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 it's it's that's just a, it's just a tough it's just tough to say okay it was good or it was bad. We, if I wanted to just you know be honest, it, I would have to say it was all bad. You know, regardless of, yeah. or regard regardless of the moments that it helped me or, or or protected me or or you know any of that, but. Some, some well, let
0: me let me say this though, real quick. I, I, it, it, the, the organization, all of that—that that was all bad. That was all bad, I, I, with, no doubt about it. But I met some good brothers.
1: Mm-hmm. Some right,
2: right,
0: right, 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 right. Part of it that they—they right. they were in disagreement with it too. But uh, we we all felt it. We all said the good brothers that I met as when I was a part of the organization. Uh, we, we were talking in private about all the things that were wrong and, and, the, and the things that we didn't like. But we, we, most of the time, even though most of my time, you know, I was in charge on one level or another. We couldn't dare talk about that, you know what I'm saying, to the whole body, you know, the whole bo- the membership, because most people did not agree that what we were doing was wrong. Even though they knew it was wrong, they was like, well, we, we going to do what we want to. We had a saying that, you know, gangsters do what they want to. Suckers do what they can. And we meant that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, out loud anyway. And that's just how we saw everybody else. Everybody else was peons. If you wasn't part of the GD, you was a peon. What you felt, what you thought, what you had to say didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Fall in, you know what I mean? And that's just how, you know, we saw it. Now, again, like, I, I agree with my son. You know, it's bad. It's bad. But I I do, I do, you know, treasure the some of the people that I met while mm-hmm. i was involved in that there are some good people they made just the same mistake that i made and that my son made you
1: know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. so uh if you could describe a particular incident that changed your view of gang life
0: okay i had two i had two incidents one was at the beginning for me uh, and i've spoken about this before uh when i got put in violation uh, for something that i thought i had done right i made a decision that a lot of brothers didn't like. They wrote the person that I had to answer to. I was over the compound at the prison I was at. They wrote the person that I answered to, and I had to go see him. You know, he was in Max, but I was able to go back and back to visit some brothers and stuff. So I went back there to see him, and when I got back there, he told me that he wanted me to, you know, accept this violation so that I could show the rest of the membership that nobody was above the law, even though I hadn't done anything wrong. Mm. So <clears throat> when I went back out, uh, these brothers were already waiting on me. Everything was already set up. So I got six minutes with six brothers, you know what I'm saying? And, and this is going to get real with me all just that fast, and I'm in charge. So we go in the room, three of the brothers go in first. I'm thinking, okay, they're just going to send these three brothers in with me, I can whoop them, you know what I'm saying? So we're, mm-hmm. we're scrapping, but midway through, the door opens, and the other three brothers come in, and they beat me. Mm-hmm. They beat me mercilessly, you know what I'm saying? I'm bleeding. I fall down. they kicking me when they not even supposed to be doing that, and they get me. They beat me down. Yeah. I fall down. Like I say, they kicking me. they stomping me and beating me. And, and, that, and, 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 and when you do these violations, you're not supposed to put your feet on the brother. Hmm. That's a no-no, you know what I'm saying? That's the ultimate sign of disrespect. Hmm. So basically, they didn't care nothing about that. They were just trying to get me down and beat me, and that's when I knew it was personal.
1: Hmm. You know,
0: these brothers were from another part of the state that really didn't jive with where I was from, and they didn't believe that I should have been in charge anyway. You know what I'm saying? So they wanted to show me that I, you know, wasn't as good as them, so they beat me. So anyway, after they took me out of the room, and they took me into the other room. They laid me on the pool table. And that's when I started realizing, I'm talking about my ears are swollen like cauliflower mm-hmm. ear. I'm busted up. My nose is bleeding. I'm really bad off. And I'm I'm laying on the pool table. I can barely breathe. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like the, the air is real
2: hot. You know what
0: I'm saying? Trying to catch a deep breath, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's when I realized, ain't no love in this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ain't no love in this. Because, like I said before, when I was talking, I've talked to people about this a lot. And I told them, I said, you know, my parents, my grandparents, the people in my family, they would have never beat me like that. Mm. They would have never beat me like that. And if they would have beat me like that, they would have been justified because I know they love me. Mm. But these people didn't love me. They said that they loved me. But to beat somebody the way they beat me, that let me know there ain't no love in this. Mm -hmm. Now, I stuck around for years, you know, after that, you know, because that was early on. I stuck around for years, but that's when I learned that this is not a game. This is not what I joined on the streets. You know, this happened to me in prison. This is a whole different mindset. And uh, and the second incident that changed my view of the organization was I was talking to a brother that told me one day we were talking about God, you know. And I was curious about the six-point star because the six-point star is the symbol that Gangster Disciples go to. You know what I'm saying? That's what, you know, is recognized as the symbol of the organization. I was talking about that. That's a start of days, You know, I was talking about that, and I was talking about God, and he told me God ain't got nothing to do with TV.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
0: he said that, it's like a chill came over me, and I was like, oh, now, nah, this this ain't going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I know it was a bad organization, this or that, but anything like that that God ain't in it, I ain't in it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get away from that. And those were the two things that have always stood out to me, you know what I'm saying, and, and is what changed my view.
2: Of the organization. Well, with me, my my first, well, I'm only going to go off of one. It was similar to my dad's first. Uh, I had did some, I had basically took this phone from this guy who wasn't a part of the organization. And I had other guys who were trying to stand up for me and saying that I was basically uh, justified in, in what I did, because for one, I didn't bring this incident to the organization, I didn't make it a, a, a something to where I put the organization at risk or, or, or cause some kind of situation out of it. But this guy just so happened to be a friend of, of of the organization. He talked to somebody, and make a long story short, it ended up turning into a situation, and they took this person aside who who was not a part, part of the organization, and I ended up being put in a in a, getting put in violation and I had to fight three people at one time with one person rotating that really took the place of somebody else during the fight. If one of those people got tired. And so at first, like my dad said, I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, I can, I can fight these dudes. Like, you know, I, I'm a pretty decent fighter, you know, and I'm trying to gas myself up. I done worked out. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I've been working out. I feel like I'm, I'm pretty strong. You know, I I can hold my own in here. Not, not, not knowing in the back end. six minutes is a long time to fight three, basically four people. This, this working out is just working out as well. You know, that's, that's something that we've done. And in this in this situation, because the question is, you know, what what's something that, that that made me look at it different? In this situation, it this was a situation where I had to call my dad because he got moved to another prison, and I'm explaining the situation, and he done what he felt he could do to try to, you know, uh, make the situation kind of either go away or not be as uh, severe as as what it what it ended up being, and. And when that happened, I'm I'm not knowing my daddy didn't tell me that he had been in almost the same situation. There's the situation that he just that he just explained to you or or how serious this is about to be. Mm -hmm. So by the time I'm fighting these three dudes in this in this small itty bitty cell, and I'm thinking I can hold my own. And within 45 seconds, I had basically, you might well say that I was knocked out. I was conscious. I knew what was going on. I knew I was being punched all over my body, Whoa. all in my face. But at the same time, I was kind of out of it, like, okay, what is going on? And by this time, this happened for six minutes straight. <gasps> no. Stop. Oh my so by the, I was knocked out to the point where I couldn't even stand up. One of the guys was holding me up mm-hmm. so they can continue on in the time, oh punching gosh. me all over my body while this guy was holding me up. It was hard for him to even hold me up oh. because of how hard they were punching me at the time. And so by the time the, it was over with, I was, my brain, I could think, and I was thinking like, what in the what, I wanted to kill everybody in the room that was that was the first thing I got to. It was like as soon as whatever I recover from that just happened from me, I'm finding out a way to kill every person that just put their hands on me in this cell, and at the time. I was getting cocaine in at the time, and I wouldn't sell it to nobody that was in the organization because that was something that was off limits. That was something that you weren't supposed to be doing, and I wouldn't sell it to none of them. So my thought was, you know what, next time I get this cocaine, I'm going to lace it with battery acid. I'm going to sell it to every one of these people just put their hands on me. And I prayed that it knocked that, it that. I'm talking about just take them on up out of here. That's how mad oh, wow. I got after I sit there. And that same night that this happened, I remember my I was eating my food and my and said, "Man, you you okay, Joe T?" And I'm like, "What you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good." He's like, "Man, your mouth." my mouth was hanging i didn't even realize it was almost like one side of my face was paralyzed like it was i had it was just hanging while i was eating my food and he said he noticed that like i couldn't control that part of my face so i had to go to the clinic i had to go to the clinic the next day and get a shot in my butt the Mm. doctor told me i had had a pinched nerve or whatever had happened during the fight i had had a pinched nerve and he had to give me a shot for for my for that side of my mouth to start back functioning. And had, had, that could have been permanent damage. You know, that right. that they I could have had some kind of brain damage like my my face was swole, my head was swole, my like I could have that could have had some kind of personal that could have been some permanent damage that was done to me. And like my daddy said at that point you thinking, I don't care how many decent moments I done had with whoever that just put their hands on me or how many laughs we done had or how many times we done ate burritos and, and worked out together. Man, you just I'm like I got a child on the streets. I like my mama and me, you know what I'm saying my daddy and I, I got a family like if you just put your hands on me to that extent. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah.
2: that was the first incident. That, uh, and then uh and then it was several situ it was several situations after that where they were taking advantage of the political side of it. They were uh, abusing their their positions of authority uh, because, uh, depending on you know what status they had and who they knew, you know what I'm saying? And they was and and I was not only was I seeing this done to me. Sometimes I sit in rooms and seeing how these people that was in positions of authority were taking advantage of that. And and, it, and at some point I feel like as a man, you sit and be like, what am I a part of? Because I'm a man before anything. And, and it's no way like my dad said when it, when it come to God, I, I, Am a child of the most high. And ain't no way he created me to be submitted under this type of let. Ain't no way. Mm-hmm. So I I started seeing it very early on. Like you said, I, I went on uh for a while until I got to the point where I was just I was completely tired. And when I got to the point where I was completely tired, which I prayed about it, and at that point it was it's either do or die. It's either I'm y'all gonna accept me leaving, or y'all gonna have to just kill me. Because at this point, I just don't want to be a part of this. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Hmm. Wow. So now, what made you decide to leave the gang life?
0: Well, for me, I, I had just gotten burned out. I was tired of all the the politics. I was tired of all the. The the things that we had to do to stay in good standing with brothers that, you know, that felt like they uh, had a little juice. And keep in mind, when I left, I was in charge. I stepped down. I said, I'm done. I don't want no more of this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm hearing brothers is plotting to hurt me because I won't let them rob and rape and do all these other things. I'm saying, wait a minute. We need to go by the rules that were set down for us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, man, look, that's not we we should be able to do whatever we want to do. And I'm like, man, this ain't GD. Then. This ain't. I don't want to be a part of something where it ain't no organization, there ain't no structure, there ain't no nothing. Y'all don't care about nothing. So that's you know, I, I I said I got to go, and that's when I just stepped down. I stepped down. I walked away. You know what I'm saying? And and for years after that, they always tried to get me to come back. But that for me, that's. That's what, you know, I, I, that's why I decided to leave. I just mm. decided I got tired of it. Mm. I got tired of all, it was just evil. And I got sick and tired of it. And then no matter what uh, gloss or anybody, anything that somebody tried to put on it, you can't make this look good. You can't make it look good doing this. Mm. If this is what it is, it ain't me. I don't want to be a part of something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I walked away. I had a little yeah. trouble. I had some people wanted to do something to me. But, again, like I say, I, I ain't no sucker. I know how to fight, too. And I, at that time, keep in mind, at that time, I ain't had no problem sticking a butch in the next man. So if you ain't willing to die, you come and get mine. Don't come to get mine. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I saw it back then. So I'm not going to play no games with you. Don't play no game with me. I'm not going to go in no room and submit to you, putting your hands on me so I can walk away. When I say I'm done, I'm done. Let me go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or be prepared to die. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what it was. And they let me go. I had enough brothers that had what you want to call love for me. You know what I'm saying? They said, bro, you can go on the road. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't have no problem after that. You know what I mean? hmm
2: It was, uh, and it was the same thing with me. I was, I was, I was tired. I was, uh, not only was I tired, I was seeing how deeper my mind was really being put into a lifestyle that I knew eventually I didn't want to be a part of. You know, I was still, uh, it was it was contributing to me continuing on being manipulative and continuing on taking advantage of people, continuing on, as the word would say, not loving my neighbors. I love myself. I was still continuing on down a dark path. I was already in prison for for what somebody had lost their life and not even that. Not only just I had been in prison for somebody that lost their life. I had done so many things that I got away with, you know, robbing people or selling dope or shooting people or, you know, what I'm saying just the lifestyle that I lived on the street. And how I carried myself, the character that I had, this organization contributed to that same type of character, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm right. I'm I'm planning on getting out of getting out one day and trying to be a better person. And there's no way I'm finna get out of here, continuing on to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And get and if I get out trying to be a part of, it, it's gonna be the same thing when I was younger. I'm gonna try to bring other people on. I'm gonna take advantage of 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 who I know and and what I could get and how, what I could get my hands on because. I'm a part of this organization. I'm gonna bring this same mentality back into my community again. Either thinking I'm either slicker or or, or more or, or smarter, and, and bringing my criminal ways and criminal lifestyle just. Up and at another level by adding organized crime and an or and an organ on an organization. So so once I started looking at it from that that perspective, it's like man, I just can't keep doing this. I don't care. And and, and it had and some people think that most people get in gangs. It is a lot of people that get in gangs or organizations. It's really because they're scared. You know, I've been locked up before. I've been I've been in a lot of stuff. It had nothing to do with fear. of, yeah, oh yeah, it's cool to have security. Yeah. It's cool to have security and protection because a lot of people don't have it. But at this point, it was like, man, this is do or die. You know, this is this yeah. is going, this is killing me mentally. I'm so at this point, it's yeah. like, you know, I yeah. I rather be dead physically than allow you to keep killing my mind and killing this part of me that I know God didn't create. For me to be so, so and that's and that was you know the main reason you know I started seeing the damage that that it was adding to what I already was damaged.
1: Oh, okay. What would you tell your parent with a child in a gang?
0: Huh? Wow. Do whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do to get them out. Because at the end of the day, it's nothing but death and destruction. I don't care how they try to gloss over it, I don't care what people try to tell you about it, it's the good things about it, you might have some good people in it, but ain't nothing good about it, you know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, if you got a child in it, you better do whatever you got to do to get them out, period. I don't know any parent that if they knew what was really going on with gangs and how the, the, the child's minds are being manipulated, grown people, Grown people's minds get manipulated with this. A child don't stand a chance. Right. A child don't stand a chance, even though they might think they slick, mature, all this and that, They don't have a clue as to what they're being groomed to be in, in life. They don't have a clue. It right. is worse than, I'm telling you, you it ain't nothing worse than it. you're grooming a child to be evil. Mm. You're grooming a child to be destructive and have don't, don't bring nothing good to the table. So whatever you got to do as a parent. You need to do it to get them
2: away from that, Period. That's what I would tell them. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's. I don't have nothing to add to that. I mean, he said everything I would pretty much say. I think that's that's just it. Just you know, do whatever you got to do to get out and 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 stand on whatever principles that you have to not become that. Yeah,
1: yeah. What advice would you give to a young person who is already in a gang? <laughs>
0: Well, it would be pretty much the same thing, as I mm-hmm. said, that I would say to the parent. I'd pull them to the side, and I'd ask them some real questions. The first question that I would ask myself: are you a believer? Do you believe in God? That's what I would ask them. And if they told me that they did, I'd tell them, then, you're in conflict with God. This lifestyle is in conflict with God. And then if they told me that they didn't believe in God, I'd tell them, you need to start. And I would sit down and I would fellowship with them and try to figure out you know, a way to get through to them. Because at the end of the day, like I said before, they don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. They don't stand a chance. It's just really nothing that they can do or say to change the dynamic of what that is. And if they are afraid, if they're joining out of fear, if they're joining out of want to belong, if they're joining out of this, this idea or this false idea of having a family, all of those are lies.
1: Mm-hmm. All of those are
0: liars. And, and I don't know how you explain that to a young person to make them understand because if those are the reasons that they want to belong, it's a problem in the household at that point. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, you got to step to the parents or some guardian, somebody in their life that will listen to you. And then at that point, y'all make a plan to get them out. If you got to step to the people that figure out who's running things, who's calling shots, if you got to step to them and tell them, you're going to let my child go, that's what you need to do because it's serious stuff. It's serious stuff mm-hmm. because all they're going
2: to end up is either in prison or in jail or dead that's just what that leads to one of, yeah one of the one of the one of the two and and, I, and again i I stand in agreement with everything my dad is saying ain't ain't too much I can add to that
1: okay, so last question, what would you tell someone who wanted to get out of gang life
2: and the question is what would I say to somebody who want to get out yes. Go for it. (laughs) First, first and foremost, it it will be go for it. Because, and I say this, the the moment I got out of it, a lot of pressure was lifted, a lot of a burden was lifted, and you know what I'm saying. And uh, uh, it was like uh, chains was broken up off of me, Uh, because you once you step out of it, you get to start focusing on you. Not only do you start getting to focus on you, you also get to reflect on, uh, like I was saying earlier, what that those ways of life have done to you and that's if you choose them to go in the right direction you get to self-reflect you get to see and you get to see what it is for what it is and and at that at that point you get to start bettering yourself at the moment i walked away i had i knew what i was already well anybody who walks away they already know the reasons why they want to walk away and, and, and probably already ready to make some kind of progress. I knew once I got out what I was about to start doing and that journey began, began as soon as I walked away, man. So I was just, you know, just go for it. And I have no regrets about the decision that I made. And I can say 100% wholeheartedly ever since I've walked away, I have become better because once you make, a de- I feel like when you make a decision towards. Anything, whether it be an organization, whether it be family members, whether it be friendships, whether it be a job, whatever. When you start making decisions uh, to go in the opposite direction of things that's harming your mindset, once you start saying no to one thing, you will begin to be able to see and say no to other things that's affecting your mindset. So once that journey began, me saying no, I started saying no to this, no, that, I started over time seeing, now that's, 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 that's that again. And I was able to, so I would just say, go for it.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'd say ditto to everything that my son said. I, I do. I, I would, I would also add that be bold, be bold, be bold and courageous because that's what it's going to take. But what you're going to find out on the other side of it, that you're, you're going to be better on for it. You're gonna be better off for it, and 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 you have the courage to do something that a lot of other uh, people that are a part of it won't do, but won't do.
2: Yep. it. Because yep.
0: I, I remember when I when I walked away, oh, I would have brothers. You know what I'm saying? Meeting up with me in different spots and talking <laughs> like, man, I, what I wish I could do it. I might like, do mm-hmm. it. How you got to do yep. it? But well, they gonna beat me up this and that. What kind of they bluff, you. You feel yep. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why they that's, they want you to think they're going to do all of these things to you. So you won't leave. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? That's why mm-hmm. when they put somebody in the rack or put them in violation, that's why they beat you so bad. They are beating that person in that rack for that violation because they want to send a message to the rest of the, the membership. Don't you dare. Don't you dare assert yourself. Don't you dare stand on principle. Don't you dare go against what we say is right. You know what I'm saying? So be bold. Be bold and just walk away. What are they going to do? What they, they can't do no more to you than you can do to them. And when you go back to your family, when you go back to your family, you tell your family what you want to do, and most definitely, most definitely get to know the most high. Mm-hmm. Get to know the most high. Because that's where you're going to get your real strength. You get to know yep. the most high and you stand with your family, uh, you'll be all right. That's what I would tell them. That's what I would tell them. <laughs>
1: All right, so those are all of the questions. Anything else before we go? No, that's it. I, I really appreciate
0: I really appreciate you asking these questions and whatnot and doing this show.
2: I do uh, want to add I do want to add one thing if you don't mind, real quick.
0: Okay, uh, go ahead.
2: There are some people that are still incarcerated mentally because some of them are free, and some people that's that's this locked up. They ever get to hear this podcast, and and, and they are part of their life. It's a lot of people who will try to say i oh, know nah, they tripping or they try to say that we had a bad experience or we were suckers or we was this and we was that and deep down in their heart they going to know everything that we said is true deep down in their heart, they going to know that they have similar experiences to what we're saying, and they have cho- chose to continue on and live and lie to themselves as if that mentality and that and organizations and gangs are are better than or good or opposite of what we are saying. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people and it's a lot of people who are trying to get in other people's head and try to say, man, that ain't this and that this. but the truth of it, they, they are operating in, in, in a spirit that, that is not okay. It is not cool. They want to keep deceiving you. They want to keep you chained up. They want to keep you down. They want to keep controlling you. Like my daddy was saying, they want to keep uh, imposing. They will because of what's benefiting them. And what? Because I remember it was a situation, like my daddy said, people were coming to me saying they wanted to get out of this, this, is this, and this. These are people that was in it way before I had got there, had been in it way longer than I had got there, and they did not have the courage they did not have the heart they did not have whatever it was that they was lacking for them to speak up and say i don't want to be a part of that because what's going on is not okay it's gonna be a lot of and i want to say to 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 the people who, who are listening it is it is like my dad said be strong and courageous it is something about something when you strong and courageous that is a part of being faithful and when that faithful steps in and that obedience step in of trying to do the right thing he gonna cover you. He gonna cover he gonna you. Cover. He he Amen. gonna he, 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 even even if you have to go through a tough a tussle or what, he is gonna cover you to see it through to get you out of it because th- people fear the 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 the, the, the that small moment of what what's gonna happen and don't look at it. You just go through that moment then. Just Mm -hmm. go through that little moment because you done already suffered long. (laughs) So you can take that small, whatever it is, punch or whatever it is, to to take your way out of it. And take that as a take that part as chastisement. Okay, now I'm gonna go on and spank you because you ain't had no business being in it anyway. Now go on (laughs) and 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 now, now now that I done set you free from it, take your lick and keep going. And and that's and that's and that's what I want to say.
0: Wow. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Anna East, for this. And, uh, Boo, I thank you all for doing this. And this has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for using GTL.